This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, as if you've not heard by now, all the shows on this station, all of them, all the different hosts, nobody anywhere has as good a record of me as I do uh, picking NFL games. You could, you could combine hosts from shows and still... No one is close. And this, again, is not opinion. This is like, uh, oh, I'm on the, you know, the best heater of anybody. No, no, no. This is facts. This is for the station. Before the season, all the hosts on the station, are we're making our picks this year on the Cover 5 app. It's free. All you have to do, sign up for the app, join our group, NY22, and you can see right there. Now, if you've not already done that, it's fun. It's free. You can win cash. It's great. But in case you haven't done that, Maybe you're, you know, afraid of apps for whatever reason. You don't have a cell phone. I don't know. You might be saying to yourself, Gordon, what are the standings like right now? Well, funny you may ask. I have them right in front of me. Do we have a little NFL music that we can do this with? We'll get on that eventually. Uh, Oh, there we go. So there are roughly, I think it's about 1,600 people that are in our group. I I can pull it up. It's very easy to use the app itself. I use it all the time. Use it every week to make my picks. So right now there are 1647, 1,647 people in our group. I am, of the host, number one. I am 63rd place. Now look, I'm not number one. I'm not the overall best. But this to me is not about beating, you know, Tony the Chin or Jabroni Pumpleduck or Mr. Blubber, Blubber Chunks. I think it's Mr. Blubber Chunks. I'm not, it's not about beating those people, although I am beating all those people. I am just simply looking to beat all the other hosts on the station. And so far, so fantastic. My process is not uh, really up for debate at all. Right now, I'm in 63rd place overall. Where are the rest of the hosts? Well, I will tell you. Don LaGreca, the great Don LaGreca of the Michael K. Show. He is currently second of the uh, of the hosts, but he's uh, overall he's in 238th place. Me, I'm 63rd, Don 238. But Don's in second place. It only goes down from there, trust me. Like when you are searching for the host, you ever see that wheel that they have on the prices right where they decide who's going to go to the showcase showdown? You know the giant wheel you got to get a dollar. That's what it's like. You got to spin the wheel like that hard to find the rest of the host. Michael K, the great Michael K. Well, he's got a couple of entries. He's got uh, Kester at 347. He's third among the hosts, but again, three, four, I mean, he's almost 300 away from where I'm at. He's also got Michael K, which is at 548. Now, if you wanted to do the math, um, I can't do the math in, in, in my head. <laughs> I thought I could do it in my head. Uh, that's eight, 800. So he's like in like 600th place if you did the math in your head. I'm not sure. But either one, it's not very good. Uh, Andrew Gunling, 373, but he's no longer with the station. He's gone. Throw him out. Uh, DiPietro of DiPietro and Rothenberg fame. He's at 543, very far down there. Uh, Dan Grassa. 703. Dave Rothenberg. Speaking of technical problems, 861. Peter Rosenberg, 1036. 
And then our beloved Larry Hardesty, 1049. Somehow Larry keeps going down. <laughs> How is this happening? How does Larry keep going down? Now, look, I'm not telling you that you should follow my picks. It would be an effective strategy, but a more effective strategy simply would just be to fade all the other hosts. Again, it's not, I mean, I'm the best of the hosts, but I'm not number one overall. In fact, I had a terrible week last week, but everybody else, woof, they also had a terrible week. All right, so let's try and rebound here. Again, I'm number one, everybody else, way down the leaderboard, way down the leaderboard. Let's start with my team. I got the Dolphin. I'm, I'm a Dolphin fan. I've told you that before. A sucker, just a, a, a fan of a loser organization that can never find their way out of anything. Hasn't won a playoff game in 20, ye- 20 plus years. When it looks like it's good, it's bad. When it looks like it's bad, it's bad. It's always bad. It always ends the same way. I've said many times, rooting for the Dolphins is like rooting for Wiley Coyote. To catch the roadrunner. You know how it's going. You don't know exactly how it's going to end. You know the overall how it's going to end. It's going to end in disaster. Sometimes it's the uh, dynamite and the, the bouquet of flowers. Sometimes it's the anvil on the head from Acme. Sometimes he's running into the side of the mountain that's painted like a tunnel. I don't know how the Dolphin season is going to end in disaster, but I know it's going to end in disaster. And this week seems like a perfect time for things to go wrong. Dolphins are at home against the Bears. Chicago is getting four and a half points. Dolphins did cover last week, barely, against the Lions. And then what did they do this week? They start talking about the Super Bowl. The quarterback, they go out and make a trade for Bradley Chubb, which I like the trade. I don't know how that's going to go wrong. It will, but I don't know how yet. Here's the thing. Never trust this organization. But it's this, but it's that. No, 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 no. Never trust this organization. It will fail. It will fail spectacularly at some point. I think it might be this week. So give me Chicago plus the four and a half. Game number two, Packers and Lions. Pack minus three. Well, look, this season has been a disaster for Aaron Rodgers. But if they don't win this week, if he's not able to put up points against this Lions defense, which is atrocious, I feel like they should have been counting last week to make sure they had 11 men on the field. I felt like they had like eight sometime. Never mind 10. It felt like they had like seven guys on the field. People were wide open, running left, right. If the Packers don't win this week, they will have a top five pick in the draft. They have three wins. Here are their next three games after this week. Dallas. Tennessee Eagles. So this is the week. Aaron Rodgers has feasted in his career against the Lions. I mean, in his entire career, the Lions have been terrible. They're terrible now. So that much, that's consistent. Their process is consistent. So I think that this is finally the week that Aaron Rodgers looks like Aaron Rodgers again. I thought that they had some 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 decent things happening against the Bills last week. They were able to cover that spread. So I, I'll probably uh, regret this because the Lions can put up points themselves. But give me the Packers minus the three. I struggled to find games this week. I'm not going to lie to you. The next one, though, you know, you just kind of go back to some old uh, standbys. Patriots at home against the Colts. New England uh, minus five and a half on the cover five app. 
Well, look, the Colts have fired everybody but the coach, right? They, 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 fired, they got rid of the kicker after one week. They got rid of the offensive coordinator. They got rid of the quarterback. The Colts need their defense to win this game, and I could see their defense causing some problems against Mac Jones. But at the end of the day, it's Bill Belichick against the rookie quarterback making his second NFL start on the road, no less. Maybe the Patriots started to find some things out thanks to the Jets last week just basically handing them a game. So give me the Patriots minus the points. Got a sneeze coming there. Sorry. All right, moving on. We got the Seahawks and the Cardinals. Got one more sneeze. Hold on. Hang on. Fighting those sneezes. That's what happens when you got the flu. We got the Seahawks at Arizona, Seattle, plus uh, a point and a half on the road. Well, here's the thing. I like to think that my picks are, are different. You know, my pick segment, you want to do something different than everybody else does. And clearly, I've separated myself from the other hosts on the station by getting the picks right. But other shows will give you stats and numbers and game plans and this thing and that thing. Here's the thing. I'm picking Seattle because I hate Arizona. I, I hate betting on them. I don't enjoy watching them. They feel like just a mess, just a mess of an organization. They always feel like they're losing. It always seems like they come out in the first quarter and they're surprised that there's a game taking place. I don't enjoy the Kyler Murray experience, although he's a very talented player. If that were a guy were my quarterback and I just paid him a ton of money, oh my God, I'd be sick to my stomach. Now, it does feel like everybody's getting a little too giddy on Seattle, and at some point that's probably going to come back to bite me uh, because I've been sticking with Seattle here during this run. But I've been called worse than giddy. So give me Seattle for another week, and I'll take the point and a half against Arizona. So then game five, again, it, it was hard for me to find games this week. I'll go with Monday night. Ravens at the Saints, New Orleans plus two and a half. We talk, you know, like we talk all the time now. Who are the good teams? Well, it's clear. There's, there's three teams that have separated themselves so far this year. Eagles, Bills, Chief, Chiefs. Who else can join that group? Can the Cowboys join that group? Can the Giants join that group? Dolphins? Oh, you know how I feel about them. I think the Ravens might be able not to necessarily join that group, but certainly make narrow the gap far more than it is right now. The Ravens clearly, with the, the trade that they made for Rokon Smith uh, at, the, at the trade deadline for the Bears, uh, they're clearly all in on this year. The quarterback obviously has to get paid for the, after this year. And after the, I think the Ravens are about to go on a, a, a bit of a run. Next four games, Saints, Panthers, Jaguars, Broncos. I know it's on the road. I know the Ravens are all banged up. It looks like the tight end is not going to play this week. That makes me a little leery of a Monday night game down in New Orleans. But, again, tough to find games this week. Cowboys aren't playing. Giants aren't playing. I don't believe in the Dolphins. So if I'm looking for that next team that can maybe narrow that gap between the, the clear halves and the rest of the field, I think it's the Ravens. I'll give up the field goal and the two and a half, and I'll take Baltimore on the road. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Coming up, more of your phone calls, more NFL talk. we got to get to Kyrie Irving. If you got Yankee thoughts, we'll get to those too. It is the Gordon Damer Show. It is 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. 
now, look, I did not pick the Jets this week because how it works with the, the Cover 5 app contest is you get points based on how far over the spread your game finished, right? So if the spread is 10 and your team that you picked wins and they win by 13, you get three points. So when a game, ha- like a big spread like that with the Jets, really what you're trying to do is not just get the games right, but you're really looking to find the games that are going to be the biggest blowouts and then try to pick a couple of those and hope they cover up for any mistakes you have in terms of wrong picks. It's not really about going 5-0. and It's about getting those two or three blowouts a week, and you can kind of boost up your total. So I do think the Jets have the chance to keep this game close tomorrow. I'm not going to say they're going to win the game. That would be kind of tough to do against the Bills. But no, who knows? But it has to be about the defense. It has to be that the defense is getting after Josh Allen, harassing him, having him throw a couple of turnovers. When he throws those turnovers, don't have the penalty like you had last week. And and that's the game plan. Run the ball, control the clock. Don't ask your quarterback to do too much because right now he's not at that level that he can help you all that much. You're winning in spite of him, not because of him. And that's the way you go about it. Now, I did not pick that game because it does have the potential to be ugly. It does have the potential that the Bills, because the Bills, they are not a team that if they get up by two touchdowns, they're just going to kind of hold on to that. They're going to try to put the hammer down. Um, and uh, after last week, I, I picked the Jets, and that did not, I, I cannot, I still cannot believe the Jets did not win that game last week. Thir- I mean, 13 straight losses to a division opponent. Uh, th- that has to be one of the longest streaks in the history, uh, at least since the merger. I've not seen any stats on that. I, I tried to find some and look for some. I saw some that were longer, but not by much. That is, I mean, that's, um, it's, I mean, if they lose to the Patriots again in a couple of weeks, that will be seven years in a row. Seven years in a row. Whew. And even before that, I think it's like 21 of 23 or something ridiculous like that. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-3776. Doug is in New Jersey. Doug, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Hey, Doug. Hey, man, I am also a uh, diehard uh, Dolphin fan for many Sorry. years. And, uh, if we could all, you know, I, I was thinking I, about I, this week, Doug. Do you, now, how, how old are you, Doug? I'm 45. So did you become a fan because of Marino? I became a fan. I became a fan. Uh, my uncle uh, is from Miami, okay. married my uh, blood aunt uh, 25, 30 years ago. Diehard um, U fan, diehard Miami fan, used to throw his shoes. He used to babysit me, so I grew up watching Marino. Okay. This and that. Because I was thinking Marino probably has ruined more sports fans' lives. Because most people that are Dolphin fans of a certain age are fans because of Marino. And while he was great, Hall of Famer, great quarterback, Mm -hmm. maybe the greatest quarterback I've ever seen, never won a Super Bowl. And now made you a fan of a team that has, I mean, they have basically no success here the last 20 years. So... I don't think that there's a guy in sports who has ruined more sports fans' lives. Who was he was actually good than Dan Marino? But I digress. Go ahead with your point. Uh, you can also argue Mattingly. I grew up watching. Yeah, but Mattingly, even if he if you became a Yankee fan because of Mattingly, then you did see championships right after Mattingly. Well, I was born into a family where if I wasn't a Yankee fan, I would be disowned. <laughs> I would right. have been thrown well, that's, that's good parenting right there. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, anyway, uh, long story short, my question, uh, Gordon, and it's great to get through to you. I, I work in healthcare, and I know that um, uh, 
I, I really get to hear you too much. I listen to the McKay show a lot. I won Jets Bills tickets this week. Okay. My brother's birthday was this week. He's okay. a diehard Jets fan. Uh-huh. Now, I want to go and I want to root for the Jets, although it goes oh, against no. every sense of my being. No, I, you're, I you're really there. want no, you're there as a spectator. Jets, Bills, and you're a Dolphin fan. You can't. You really a, can't. Oh, a, I guess you could kind of root for the Jets to, to deal the Bills a loss. Root is a bit strong. That's kind of what I'm rooting for. Yeah, you know? look, mm-hmm. I, I could, I, I could see. And Doug, thanks for the kind words and thanks for the phone call. I could see going to the game and being happy that the Jets won under no set of circumstances, none at all. As a Dolphin fan, can you ever root for the Jets? So you, you I, really, you're going there. You know, like when you see movies and the angel comes back to heaven and they can like observe but not interact with people on earth. That's what you you're like an angel. You're like an angel in, in the in the in the stands at MetLife. You you can't no you can't root. You can't root, even for your brother who is a, a big Jet fan. He said, uh, you, "No, even their happiness is not that important to you. Can't be." Ira's in Staten Island. Ira. You're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Hey, Gordon. Good evening, Gordon. How are you? I'm good, Ira. What's going on, man? No, nothing much. So, uh, yeah, very disappointing last week. You thought they were going to get the monkey off the back and <clears throat> leave it to Belichick to change his defense in the second half and, you know, change things up. And Wilson kind of – he showed his bad habits, and hopefully yep. he learned from it. We'll see. I, I think these next three games – you know what they are, Bills, Barnett, bye week, then up in Foxborough, Bears at home. If he doesn't start to grow and he doesn't stop to start to cut back on his mistakes, then I got, I got my answer that, that I might not have my quarterback because, you know, they're ahead of schedule. I think this is a potentially playoff knocking on the door type of team roster-wise without a quarterback. We still don't know much about him. We do want, We do know one thing. He has a lot of bad habits that he hasn't improved on. As a matter of fact, I think he's regressed. Now, at times, he's looked good. You know, when he gets the ball out of his hands, he sits in the pocket, he's fine. You get any type of pressure whatsoever on this kid, and he gets himself into trouble. And tomorrow's going to be a big test. Do I expect them to win? Of course not. Do I think the defense, they play hard for Salah? I think they'll split, uh, play respectable. I think the amount of points will be determined on how many times the ball Wilson uh, turns the ball over. But at the end of the day, that's what I'm looking for tomorrow. I want to see the defense make it a respectable game. I want to see Wilson manage whatever type of playbook they give this guy. It looks like James Robinson probably not going to play. Okay, If he goes out there and he turns the ball over three times in the first half, he starts in Foxborough, but he has to sit. Because if there were boneheaded mistakes, you have to yank him. And you got to let White go in and finish up the game. Of course, it's the only way he's going to learn. With all the coaching, and I'm sure the coaches are telling him, don't backpedal, throw the ball into the seats, don't do this, don't do that. If he continues to make the same mistakes, he's got to sit. He's got to sit. Doesn't mean he loses his job, but he has to get pulled out of the game. Yeah, I, look, I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, if, if if you have spent this entire week, and thanks for the phone call, you know, focused on what happened this past week, and that has been an issue before. And, and really, he's kind of lucky this did not happen. He's had the Pittsburgh game, he had a, I think it was a couple of throws where, like, they were dangerous throws that could have easily been picked off uh, inbounds when it was just a throw-the-ball-away kind of situation. 
So he was kind of fortunate that this did not spring up before then. But if you've had this week where you've gone through it like he's gone through it, and I'm sure the coaching staff has gone through it with him, if he goes out there tomorrow and is getting you know, picked off in the same kind of way where he's running around and, and extending plays that shouldn't be extended, holding on to the ball, hoping to make something happen down the field, and he's getting picked off and is, is setting you back, well, then clearly the message did not get through. And this is not a new message. This is a message that has been going, they've been going through since last year. And you're right. I don't know that he's regressed, but I can tell you that at least so far he has not progressed. There has been no progression from year one to year two, and you would have liked to have thought that there would be some progression from year one to year two. Uh, they are not without skill players. They're not without su- an offensive line that is not as big an issue as it's been before. I know the Vera Tucker injury is a big one, but it's almost like he's making the situation worse by holding on to the ball as long as it is. So the coaching ha- staff has to help out. That was part of the problem last week. It was not all Zach Wilson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if he is going to continue to make the same mistakes, what other options do you have? You have to sit him down at some point. Carlos is in Manhattan. Carlos, you're next up on the Gordon Damer Show. Gordon, uh, thanks for taking my call. Gordon, uh, I think the spread on the Jets and Bills is too generous for the Jets. It's 11. I think they lose by a lot. But I kind of – I believe the Bills are it, the team. And I have a what-if scenario, and I'd love to hear your opinion on it. Gordon, if the Bills went into Philadelphia to play a game, what would be the handicap in your opinion? Oh, and I have ter- that ter- that type of stuff. Oh, I think that the, it would probably be like the Eagles by like two and a half. I mean, the Eagles are the, the, the one undefeated team. I mean, I think it would be a close game. Uh, I don't think it would be anything more than that. But there's probably better people to ask um, – you know, I'm not a, I'm not an odds maker. I'm not a handicapper. Now, I am sensational at picking games. I don't know if I mentioned that. Uh, I am the best on the st- – did I mention that at all during the show? Again, I'm uh, number one of all, the ho- of all the different hosts that we have on the station, number one. Number one. And by a good margin, right? Like, if you said, I, I, I came in second, but I was like – 180 people behind the person who came in first. That, that's a pretty sizable margin. So I am in first. I'm not the 180 or whatever it is. And as we've also established in the course of the show, you can never trust my math. My ma- math was never a strong point. I don't, I don't know if I really had a strong point in my academic career, but it certainly was not math. You could cross that one right off the list. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. 1-800-919-3776. Now, also, and I mentioned, I think by now, that I have the best picks. I don't know if anybody noticed this week. This was a really weird week for the Nets. Strange, right? It was. Did anybody notice? Ah, we'll, 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 we'll shine the spotlight on the Brooklyn Nets. What a finely tuned machine they have going on in Brooklyn. We'll do that next on the Gordon Damer Show. It's 98.7 FM, ESPN New York. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. We're just trying to think about it during the break. Like, is there an athlete who got more people interested in that specific team who by rooting for that athlete at a young age, you ruined your sports fandom life more than Dan Marino? Like, even now, you go to random sporting events, random events, and you will find somebody in a Dan Marino jersey. Guaranteed. Where, where were we? Were? I went somewhere recently. Maybe it was a concert. Was it, 
maybe it was Paul McCartney at MetLife, and there was a random guy walking around with a Dan Marino jersey. Like the amount of people that became Dolphin fans because of Dan Marino, it feels, I mean, again, maybe I'm, I'm jaded, maybe I'm, I'm shading this because I'm a Dolphin fan. It feels like more people became Dolphin fans outside of Miami because of Marino's greatness than the typical great athlete who never won. Like there's lots of guys, you know, I mean, Barry Bonds, right? Barry Bonds is the first one that comes to mind. Great all-time player, never won a championship. But like, did he, uh, 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 he changed teams clearly. So that's, that influences it well. Marino was just with Miami. Um, I guess you could say, uh, I'm trying to think of other guys. Barry Sanders, did, did more people become, Barry, become Lion fans outside of Detroit because of Barry Sanders? Clearly they've had no uh, playoff success. But I would think that most, like you don't go around the country and find Lion fans. Outside of Miami, you will find Miami fans. Ken Griffey Jr. switched teams. Now, I think most of his, I think most people that became fans of his became fans of, of the Mariners. But again, did, uh, are there a lot of Mariner fans around the country because Ken Griffey Jr.? I don't know. I don't think that there's one guy who's ruined more. Un, it's not his fault. He tried. But, yeah, I mean, you talk about ruining a sports fan's life because you, you watch Dan Marino and you're like, wow, this guy's great. And, and right away, year two, they got to a Super Bowl. Don't worry. They'll be back. They'll be back in the Super Bowl. We're still waiting. One thing's for sure. We, they did not get close since then. It's not been <laughs> – it's not – I remember when they lost that Super Bowl. I was thinking to myself, man, this is, this is just the worst feeling in the world. I hope I never feel like this again. And sure enough, I have not felt anywhere close to that ever since. Forget about Super Bowls, just playoff playoff games. A playoff win, it's been forever. I mean, my life has changed so much since the last time they won a playoff game. Oh, my Lord, what a loser organization. All right. Speaking of bad organizations who are just a complete dumpster fire, boy, what a week it was for the Brooklyn Nets, huh? What a week. And uh, you can't say that you can't take that lightly because there's been a lot of weeks where you've said to yourself, boy, what a week for the Brooklyn Nets. And of course, it all ties back to Kyrie Irving and uh, his decision to uh, amplify, to uh, to prop up that movie on Amazon and everything else. And look, it's all been said to a certain degree, but I do think what's been lost in it has been it should be pointed out how everyone involved in this entire mess looks like an absolute clown. Like with Kyrie Irving, that's kind of what we expect. We expect him to do something to to blow up a situation and to make a situation far worse because of his involvement. Uh, that's just what he does every stop along the way. It's been, it's been well established by now. But I think where you have to start is with the commissioner of the sport. Adam Silver, of all the commissioners, he generally gets the most credit. Part of that is because he's more forward-thinking, but I do think that there's part of it that I think that there's more of a friendly relationship with the press. I mean, could you imagine if this scenario had been going on for a week, a full week, and it was in the NFL? Could you imagine the things that would be said about Roger Goodell or Rob Manfred? I mean, I've seen more outrage about the baseball commissioner, about the ghost runner 
than I've seen for about Adam Silver this week. And to have this out there for a week, just bumbling around from Nets ownership, Joe Sy. Oh my lord! It was like it was a competition to see who could look like the biggest clown. Tweeting at Kyrie Irving, I guess it's because when he tried to text him, he wouldn't respond to the owner of the team. To Sean Marks, you know, we're going to need him to do this, this, and this before he can return. Okay, sure. As if the Nets aren't just going to back down later because they need to snap a losing streak. You know, that sentence that they put out in the statement, we are of the view that he is currently unfit to be associated with the Brooklyn Nets. Meanwhile, the Brooklyn Nets are trying to hire a coach who's suspended for the season. Oh, my Lord. What an absolute clown show. I don't know that he necessarily had the best timing of the world, but how hard do you think Steve Nash was laughing after jumping off this absolute dumpster fire of a situation? And that includes Kyrie. I mean, this is what this guy does. He loves taking situations and making them worse and then saying, well, me? Why why is everybody coming after me? And here's another one. Thursday night, Larry and I are doing our show at night, and we're talking about, you know, I guess there's a possibility that Kyrie uh, never plays for the Nets again because we don't see him apologizing, right? It's not really – he's had multiple opportunities to do it, has, has failed to do it in, the, in an appropriate fashion, has failed to do it in any fashion up until that point. And then the, the show ends, and it was like five minutes later, he puts out a post on Instagram apologizing. What, if he would have done originally, would have circumvented the entire thing. And the immediate thing, well, he apologized. The apo- we have to accept his apology. He apologized. Anybody who thinks that that came from, I mean, that was a team of people. That, and the only reason that came about was because he had already been suspended. And I'm sure he was being threatened with more action from the team that would have cost him even more money. So anybody who uh, thinks that that came uh, that all of a sudden in a span of hours, Kyrie Irving all of a sudden has had this incredible change of heart. I would say steer clear of the internet. Don't open up any email. I mean, you talk about gullible. Oh, boy. Uh, I, I, come on. I mean, that just defies all ration and logic to think that all of a sudden, in a span of that amount of time, in a matter of hours, Kyrie Irving went from another opportunity to apologize to getting suspended to all of a sudden putting out a post on Instagram that he's, he's, he's terribly sorry and all the rest. So I, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm just a skeptical person overall. But anybody who thinks that that was like a legitimate uh, apology and whether or not the Nets require him to do anything else to rejoin the team, we'll see. Uh, I don't put a lot of faith in them because they're kind of guilty in this entire situation. Uh, Every step of the way, they've allowed Kyrie to do whatever he wants. And if you allow somebody to do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it, what do you expect them to do? they'll, They'll just expect that they can do whatever they want, whenever they want to do it. So we'll see where the story goes from here. Uh, I'm kind of done with the story myself. But uh, it seems like every time uh, it's more wishful thinking than anything else that we're finally done with it. And I'm sure if we're done with this story, it will only be a matter of time with Kyrie Irving and the Brooklyn Nets before we're talking about something else that has nothing to do with basketball, unfortunately. And it's, again, let's not make this, oh, you know, you guys are making this a bigger deal than it is. This was completely self-imposed by Kyrie Irving. He put himself in the middle of this by himself. Nobody forced him to do it. Now back to the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN. I thought after game four and getting no hit, 
I thought, oh, you know what? That's maybe not such a bad thing. They'll bounce back in game five, and then they lose game five. They're down three games to two. Now they got to go to Houston and win game six and seven. Game six is obviously tonight, and uh, I, I don't have high hopes of them being able to pull this off. But you know what? If they could just get to a game seven, can you just get to a game seven? Who knows, right? Game seven, anything can happen. I don't have a, a lot of faith. I think that the I think the Astros close it out tonight. I think I think I put some some shekels on the Astros tonight, some happiness shekels, shekels I don't really want to have, but shekels that I'll put on a game, hoping that I'll lose the money just to be happy. I would always rather, well, not always, but this is a scenario where I would much rather lose some some money. It's not game, you know, life changing money, just to have the Astros lose. And how anyone can be for no other reason. Even if you don't have a, a like you're a, you're a Met fan, you don't want to see the Phillies win. Like, can you take this stupid mattress Mac guy? I mean, come on. Everything about the Astros is evil. And everybody, well, if they win now, they'll prove that they could do it without cheating. How do you know that? We didn't know at this point in 2017 that they were cheating. And, and, and they didn't volunteer it. It wasn't until Mike Fires all of a sudden put it out there and people knew about it. I don't know. They've been cheating for a lot longer. It wasn't just 2017. I mean, go back and ask Met fans in 86, Mike Scott. Plenty of people knew about them. They've been doing this a long time. And just because you haven't, you know, it's like the magic trick. Just because you haven't figured it out doesn't mean that they're actually cutting the lady in half. I don't know. Maybe they're still doing something else. You never know. They have a long history of it. Got to hope, got to hope the Phillies can pull off a little magic tonight. Come on, Bryce Harper. Do something. Please. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN, 1-800-919-3776. Artie is in Brooklyn. Artie, what's going on, my man? Hey, good. How are you? I'm good, man. You know, look, I I understand, you know, saying you, you're picking the guy at number two and he's throwing ridiculous picks. But to say you're going to sit him for white is, a, is, is ridiculous. Oh, I'm not saying because, sit him for white. I'm saying if he goes out there tomorrow and he starts throwing the yeah. – if he doesn't learn from the mistakes that he, he made last week, you've got to sit him down at least for a little while. I'm not saying he loses his job, but you've got to pull him from the game and say, look, you can't you, – you know, well, if well, you're not going to learn by us telling you, we have to learn by doing. Well, look, he, he threw 18 passes against Denver, and nobody said a word, right, because they won. So you're telling me – so let, let me get – let me understand this more, okay? If – Zerline kicks a field goal. They don't give up the three points on the punt, and they get the call, and they win, and he throws for 360 yards, but he still throws three picks. People are calling happy they won. Okay, maybe he should not, not throw interceptions. But now that they lost, it's his it – like, but, but they, but they the lost because of his interceptions. The year is to, see, is to see if Wilson is the guy. And yeah. my man Ira just said he regressed. He threw 360 yards. Yeah, wow. I mean, a lot of that was in a garbage time. He threw a 15-yard a, a, a pass to Mims that Mims ran 50 yards with. I mean, you know, the stats are a, a little misleading. You're making it out like the interceptions weren't the reason they lost the game. That was why they lost the game. That is it wasn't not just why three lost. meaningless interceptions that he threw. They weren't meaningless, but that's not why they lost the game. It was accumulation of everything. But for me, at, you're kicking a field goal to tie the game. And then you 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 give up you give up a, a punt return and give up when you're down by six and then you give up the three. Zach didn't have any chance to come back with a touchdown. 
Look, they were winning, and the defense gave up a touchdown on fourth and one. They, that wasn't happening when they were winning the games. It's accumulation yeah, of everything. When, when you were winning that. games, he was also throwing, what do you say, 18 times a game against Denver? I mean, that was part of it. Yeah, too. Look, I, I laid it out, I, uh, Artie, that, that he's not the only reason you lost the game, but he but, was the number point, one reason you lost is, the game. My point is this year is they're trying to find out if Zach is the yeah, guy. of course. And by throwing 18 times and winning a game. And don't, don't mention that your best offensive player is out for the year. Your best offensive lineman is out for the year. What do you, what do you think is going to happen? He's well, going to he, get pressured. He's going to throw pick. You know, Bill Bill okay, well, says you have to you, you have to game plan pick, around that. You're not trying. That's what he said. <laughs> All right, Gordon. Thanks All a lot, right, man. I appreciate the phone. I mean, look, I, you know, you're making it out like he wasn't a major reason why. They, yeah, you want him to be a passenger. Unfortunately, he forced his way into the driver's seat by throwing picks that you just can't have, and and, and plays that you just. It wasn't just the picks. It's when he's running around trying to improvise. You don't need him to do that. We don't need we don't need your input, right? Like we don't need your help in that way. Just do what we're asking you to do, and allow the other aspects of the t- the, the the team to kind of you're along for the ride. Now I grant you against the the Patriots they were not. I laid that out. The coaching alone, you cannot have a a a game plan where you're asking your second-year quarterback to throw the ball 40 times and you're running the ball, what would I say, 13, 14 times? That's, and that's been a story all year. So I don't think he's getting great coaching. And the coaching opinion on him has been wrong just about every step of the way. From last year when they allowed him to start the season when he clearly was not ready to this year where they say, oh, no, he's made great strides. He kind of looks like the same guy. I, I, again, I didn't say he regressed, but – it's only because he can't really regress. I mean, there's a lot of times in games where he's in games, it's like he's never played quarterback before. Like you're sitting there screaming, get rid of the ball, get rid of the ball. He can't be the reason why you lose tomorrow. If he can go out there, you're not asking him to do too much, just run the offense, hand the ball off, couple plays here and there. The defense does what, that's the main area that you have to rely on if you're a Jet fan tomorrow. The defense comes up, Gets after Josh Allen, maybe forces a turnover or two, keeps the game within striking distance. You eat up clock by running the ball effectively more than 13 times a game. I mean, that's the other thing in terms of coaching. That game was not a blowout last week. And yet, all of a sudden, as soon as it's almost like with Zach Wilson, when one thing goes wrong in a play, he starts like hyperventilating. When, when one thing goes wrong in a game, the Jets completely abandon the run. You can't do that. They did that when Flacco was in there as well. So they got to keep, keep uh, you know, some, some um, a, a moderate uh, amount of balance in terms of running and passing the ball and not putting Zach in that position. And then when he is in position to make a throw or two, don't, don't be looking to, to, to hit the home run. Just look to stay on schedule. If it turns out that you're three and out, so be it. Don't be the reason after the game that the first thing we're talking about is, oh, geez, the quarterback again. Because, I mean, again, the fan base is as schizophrenic as a fan base can be. One week, two weeks ago, we're going to the playoffs. We're going to win 10, 11 games. Everything's great. They lose to the Patriots again. The quarterback's a disaster. We picked the wrong guy at number two. It should have been Justin Fields. I mean, that's what the fan base is at. And – 
it's kind of hard for me to, to, to criticize them too much because it's been a long time. Again, the Jets have the longest playoff drought in the entire sport. It's almost double what the next team is. I think the next two teams are the Dolphins and the Broncos. Well, the Broncos, they're, they're almost certainly not going this year. And uh, the Dolphins, we shall see. We shall see. And it's still there for the Jets. But again, the main goal of this season, to me, is not about we have to make the playoffs. This is not a playoffs must type of year. You want to find out about the quarterback. And unfortunately, the quarterback is making it. You find out about him. Because right now, it's clear that he's holding you back. Now, that can happen in year two. But when you're making decisions based on this year, moving forward, going into next year, yeah, you might feel great about the defense. You might feel great about the, the skill positions. You'll have Brees Hall back. You'll have Vera Tucker back. But where's the quarterback going to be when you get to year three? And can you, you know, what kind of ex expectation can you have on him moving off of this year? Doesn't look great. Doesn't look great right now. Now, there's been quarterbacks. Usually by the end of year two, you have a pretty good idea. There's been some examples of guys who take longer than that. The two exceptions generally that you go to here in the last, you know, 20 years or so. Drew Brees, it took him a little while longer, had some injury questions, had some injury issues, changed teams. And Eli Manning, it took him a little while longer. But generally, when you're talking about guys taken early on in the draft, and, and Brees was taken in the second round, but still uh, was a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. Usually by the end of year two, you know. Sometimes it takes that little bit longer, but those are exceptions to the rule. You got to start to see some things out of Zach Wilson, and it starts first with not being the reason why you lose the game. At this stage, you want him to be part of the win, but not because you're not, you're not winning because of him. This is the Gordon Damer Show on 98.7 ESPN.